It's another episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. We go back to some prospect profiles. We're going to get to know a little bit more about the Air Coyotes' third overall pick, Logan Cooley. Paul Zuck of Smart Scouting will be joining us in just a moment on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's my co-host, Carl Pavlock, right out, right next to me. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. we got a great show for you guys today. We are going back into some prospect profiles. We're talking Logan Cooley today, and we got Paul Zuck from Smart Scouting to help us break down this player. Paul, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you coming on. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to the episode and looking forward to pumping the tires on my favorite prospect from the 2022 NHL draft and Logan Cooley. <laughs> that is great to hear because I, I'm sure he is the Coyotes fandom's uh, favorite prospect of that draft as well. Um, I, I am... You know, not surprised to hear you say that he's your favorite. He went pretty high, but what made him stand out so much for you? I got to watch him a lot, obviously not in person, um, based off of where I am and where, where Logan played with the national team development program, but watching pretty much every game that I could get my hands on this year um, in terms of film, he, there's just so much to like about his game. There's not a thing that he does that isn't above average, if not you know, tops of that entire draft class. And there's just, you can talk for days about how good he is at certain things. Like when I look at his game, he's he's such a two-way forward and the NDTP really prides himself on building those styles of players. Um, he could be trusted in pretty much any situation, regardless of how the game's going. Um, his hockey IQ is off the charts. He'll make passes, seam passes in the offensive zone through three sets of legs that no one else would even think to try, let alone try and succeed at and it's just there's so much about his game that you know he's going to be able to develop in the seasons to come at the university of michigan or michigan sorry minnesota um and regardless of if he's there for one season or two seasons whenever he gets to arizona he's going to be a fan favorite instantaneously yeah there's a lot of people that have had uh, a lot of uh you know a lot of hype around around him you know even pre-draft and when you know right after getting drafted a lot of people have you know told me you know outside of chats and everything like that like this kid probably has the highest you know the highest ceiling right now uh from the uh from the draft class is that is that pretty accurate in my opinion yes i mean i said uh, i was on the locked on sharks podcast a little uh, maybe a month or so ago and uh, the host of that, J.D. Young, actually asked me who I thought would have the highest ceiling or like five years down the road who would be the best player of this class. And I said Logan Cooley. I think his game translates to the NHL level very seamlessly. I think he'll be an absolute stud in the making. Um, and I think in five years you could be seeing talk of him being kind of that next wave of generational players. And I know it's still super early to say that, but in watching all the little minute aspects of his game, there's just 
there's not one thing I could pick out that I'm like, I'm not sold on him. Every single aspect of his game is that good to me. And I mean, sure, he has his aspects to work on, but I mean, for the most part, there's really nothing you can say about him that's bad. <laughs> so it sounds like when the draft was happening, when the Coyotes were up to go third overall, you were not surprised that they took Cooley over Shane Wright. Um, or were you surprised by that? I was not surprised. Everybody kind of knew that the Habs were going to go, you know, either Slavkovsky or Wright for the last three or four weeks leading up to the draft. And I don't necessarily believe that New Jersey was sold on Shane Wright if Montreal ended up taking Slavkovsky. Um, And we obviously saw that with them drafting uh, Simone Nemec. I thought out of, you know, maybe the top five picks, Arizona was kind of set up the best out of anyone. They weren't forced to make the hard decision at number one. They weren't, you know, kind of left with whoever they didn't like at number one to take number two. They were sitting third. And I don't want to say Cooley fell into their laps, but they couldn't have been in a better position to draft. And if if I'm sitting there as a front office member of Arizona and, you know, the first two picks played out like they were, I would be sprinting to the podium to select Logan Cooley. Nice. That is good to hear because I, I do remember in the moment it, it seemed like a big decision. Like because Shane Wright is who this was all about for for a year. He seemed like the consensus number one overall until he wasn't. Um but the team seemed to to really be happy with Cooley. Uh, I think one of the things we've seen since then is Cooley made an impression on them as a player who wanted to be in Arizona, which outside of everything else with, with how good is he is as a player, that's important to have like someone actually want to be on your team. And, and Cooley definitely seems like that guy. No, you're totally right. And obviously if somebody's not happy where they went or, or uh, you know, they might not like the living situation or they might not like moving too far away from family, whatever the situation may be, that is definitely a huge aspect. I mean, you can have the best player in the world, but if they're not happy playing there, it's kind of, irrelevant at that point so but yeah it pre-draft you know I think Logan Cooley may have had a bit of an inclination that he was probably going to end up either going to Arizona or you know maybe slipping a little bit but I mean in several mock drafts a lot of the experts they kind of had him pegged in like that third fourth pick so I mean I mean I can only speak for myself but if I were in his shoes I'd probably be paying attention to a lot of that just to see what everyone else was saying (laughs) but uh, no it's it's nice to see him get selected to a team like Arizona. It's nice that, like you guys say, he wants to be there. And I think it, it's going to pay off down the road, hopefully sooner rather than later, for uh, for Coyotes and their fans. We're talking about Paul Zuck of Smart Scouting on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're getting the lowdown on Logan Cooley, getting to know him as a prospect and uh, how he's going to pan out to be a future Arizona Coyote. We're going to get to more in just a moment. But first, I'm going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So I have a message from our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're really depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? They're even better with the new cookie dough puff. That's right. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate, all in a puff form. It is so good. Uh, I had a chance to try some. They sent them to me. The cookie dough bites were really good. Like I've I've had some cookie dough where you're like, eh, it's cookie dough, but it doesn't taste like cookie dough. This absolutely tasted like cookie dough. Really complimented the marshmallow, 
plus all of that real chocolate. It was really good. You're going to want to try them. What I want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. So let's continue this episode. Once again, Lockdown Coyotes. We are discussing Logan Cooley on today's episode. Paul is like the small, of small scouting joining us. And um, Paul, I guess a couple other things that we just want to get to is just um, what are some of the like the best things that like the thing, the thing that like as a, you know, as Coyotes fans are really hope like you really want them to sh- say, hey, this is the thing that's going to make this kid really shine. For sure. I think – from a fan perspective, you can look at the fact that in the offensive zone, he's dynamic. Like we talked about earlier, his passing skills. He's a very exceptional puck distributor. There's not a pass that, you know, he might, he won't attempt. There's also pretty much not a pass that he's not going to be, you know, 90% successful with. Um, he has great vision on the ice. He's almost thinking like a step ahead on almost every spot in the offensive zone. Um, his shot is fairly strong. Um, obviously, that there's plenty of time to work on that, and that's not to say his shot's bad, um, but definitely it could uh, it could improve a little bit. Um, but also in terms of that, I mean, even speaking transitionally, like um, when he's moving through the neutral zone, he's able to be extremely deceptive with his skill, his you know his hockey IQ, uh, his speed, his size. He's able to make defending an absolute nightmare for the opposition and just the way that he approaches the game um, from basically all aspects, whether it be defensive zone, you know, through the neutral zone or into the offensive zone, everything that he does with the puck on his stick or off his stick is always calculated. And it's not like he's an exceptional risk taker or anything, or, you know, um, you know, taking gambles all the time, everything's calculated, everything's weighed out. And 99% of the time it's a good decision. And I think, Coyote fans are really going to enjoy that just from a fan perspective moving forward. I mean, he's probably going to sell a lot of tickets. Um, he's going to sell a lot of merchandise, which is going to be great for the team. And he'll just be fun to, you know, if you're just a casual fan, you flick on the TV and onto the Coyotes game and you see him, he's going to be someone that draws you in. Uh, I, I will say, uh, having seen him in a meaningless scrimmage game, uh, so it was definitely something I was like, can't take too much from this, but his shot did seem to be one of the things where I'm like, okay, if I have to pick out one aspect of his game that he maybe needs to work on, I, I think his shot was it. But again, grain of salt. But he definitely, like, in a limited showing, like, you could really see how dynamic he is as a player. I agree. He he seems like a player who is going to be very fun to watch, uh, especially when you look at like some of the other players that Bill Armstrong drafted, like kind of the bigger, heavier guys. Like a player like Cooley is not necessarily going to be playing that same style game, and, and I think the you know that mix is going to hopefully work out well for the Coyotes. Exactly, and Cooley's not a small player by any means. I mean, he's he's five foot ten, one hundred and seventy five ish pounds. He's probably going to add a little bit of size. Um, I mean, ideally, at the NHL level, you'll see him be closer to like you know maybe one eighty five, one ninety ish, and he might get, uh, grow a couple inches. Um, but as his game stands right now, I think he kind of it's not like an identical match. But a lot of the time in the NHL now, those smaller, you know, more, you know gifted centers, I guess you want to say, 
um, with the puck on their stick, they're kind of making more of a name for themselves rather than, you know, the big power forward, you know, run it down your throat and, you know, go out there and hit somebody. Um, I feel like Cooley, the way he plays the game, there couldn't have been a better time for him to, you know, kind of get drafted and start his NHL career, I guess, sooner rather than later. It, the timing is just impeccable for the way he plays the game, and it's it's going to be amazing. I I can't wait to watch him. I'm actually debating getting a Kachina jersey just because it's going to look so cool on the ice. Absolutely, absolutely love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope they maybe do the reverse retro, get that purple reverse retro jersey. That'd be a good one. That would look sweet. Uh, and and it, it is. You know, kind of funny that you mentioned that he's not exactly a small player. Like, sure, he is 5'10", but Clayton Keller, as a 24-year-old, is now 178 pounds. He is an 18-year-old at 181, so he's yeah. not necessarily kind of that same player. Because I, I know Coyotes fans are very, you know, very aware of Keller as the small player. Cooley's not really that. He's also not Max Domi, like who's 5'10 and like 220, but somewhere not nice in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned with uh, Bill Armstrong's draft, you know, getting Connor Geeky as well. Um, he's got that size. Um, he's got the ability to kind of play that more physical game, which doesn't necessarily mean that Cooley can't um, because he does kind of have that little, you know, tenacious side to him when he needs to. But I, I, like you said, I think it's going to mesh well. There's, there's, there's going to be that you know, amount of physicality and that amount of, you know, bruteness, I guess, for lack of a better term. But uh, Cooley's also going to bring that skill level as well, which is going to balance out quite nice. Another thing I want to um, ask about is, uh, you know, Cooley's skill at the uh, at the faceoff dot. Because so far, a lot of people that I've asked about and just kind of asking around, there's, he's gotten so much praise around there saying he's really skilled down, down, down there. What have you seen from him in the faceoff circle? So Cooley kind of had a little bit of a, a, a rough patch, I guess, on faceoffs to start the season, but he really improved it. And also with his skating as well. Um, it was one of the, his faceoffs and his skating were, were two of the aspects of his game that really improved as the season went on and as he got a little more comfortable. Um, and, and you could see that too with everywhere the scouts had him ranked, like mid or beginning of the season, he was kind of pegged, you know, like that 10 to 15 range. And all of a sudden he got hot and stayed hot. And then he went to the World Juniors and kind of got a little bit more of a name built up for himself. And then he was hovering around that second, third, fourth, um, you know, spot in a lot of rankings. <clears throat> Excuse me. So just just the way that his ability to kind of develop his game um, and adapt is nice to see. Um, but as far as his faceoffs go, yeah, he definitely improved as the season went on. And it's one of those things I'm sure he's going to put in the, the hours required to to kind of master that moving forward. Now that that does bring up uh, an important question. Are everyone I've kind of heard talk about him sees Cooley as going to be a, an NHL center? There, there, there's not really any talk about eventually moving him to wing. Is that kind of how you see it as well? Yeah, I see him as a center in the NHL. I mean, usually when you have those players that are drafted as centers, but when they get to the NHL, they might not be you know physically or mentally ready to take on that the centerman's role. You see him slide out to the wing. I don't think that's going to be an issue with Logan Cooley whatsoever. He has the hockey IQ. He has the knowledge. Um, he has the ability and he has the skill. And even like we talked about earlier, the size. Um, he's not big, but he's not small either. So I think he'll be able to handle center um, in the NHL without any issue. 
Um, anything else that that um, uh, that you feel like he needs to work on? Obviously, you mentioned those two. You know, um, you know, skating and faceoffs. He's been working on and improving, but like anything else. And then, and I'm pretty sure this is just probably getting to the nitpicky, right? If you're if you're <laughs> going down that route, because so far that's what everyone's saying. <laughs> it's nitpicking. Yeah. Exactly. I would honestly say there's really not much to his game other than what we've talked about that that he could really look to to improve on per se um i would like to talk a little bit about his defensive game though because i feel like it's a little underrated um he's capable of playing in all situations so it's not like he's you know solely five on five in power play he can play the penalty kill as well and he's very good at it um he likes to get his body in the in the active lanes and block shots or you know disrupt passing uh pass attempts from the other team um, if his defenders are hemmed down uh, in their zone, he's more than willing to, you know, jump back and offer assistance to help kind of relieve the pressure. Um, and another aspect is if there's loose pucks along the boards, he's not afraid to get his body in there, you know, kind of cause a ruckus, get the puck and, uh, and turn it into something. Um, that's one aspect of his game I think that's very positive is he can basically take a nothing situation and end up turning it into, you know, even a scoring chance or a high danger shot on net. Um, there's just there's so much to like about his game, and I think as he kind of goes through the next couple seasons of development, it's just going to get tenfold better. So you're so yeah. uh, essentially what you're saying is peak peak Logan Cooley. We're going to see uh, um, him win a Selkie Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely not out of the question. <laughs> I, I will say uh, I, I love all that. Like it's great as a player that he is that type of player. Uh, but I know you've just doomed me to a bunch of like videos throughout the season of Logan Cooley, like blocking a shot, like late in like a meaningless game. And I'm like, no, no, why are you doing that? Don't, uh, and I'm just going to have to put up with it, but that is, that is my future. I have seen it. Well, I hope I didn't scare you guys too much with that, but uh, at least from my perspective, it's nice to see him, you know, not kind of be that one-dimensional player, like he's only good at shooting or he's only good at scoring or only good at passing or whatnot. Someone that can play all three zones of the ice and be relied upon in any situation, to me, um, is going to be way more beneficial than someone that's just got that one aspect of their game that's that's good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just... uh... Like especially with prospects, I'm like just just don't get hurt while you're developing. That's not the time to get hurt. Absolutely, uh, Carl. That was us when we when when Connor Geeky got injured in the beginning yeah. of prospect camp. Connor Geeky gets hurt the first day of prospect camp. You're like, what is happening? Uh, that that was it was real unfortunate. I couldn't see him at the at the scrimmage. Yeah, that was a tough break to watch. I was following along on Twitter. And uh, yeah, definitely not ideal. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, how long do you think it'll be before Cooley makes it to the NHL? Because I, 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 he seems like a player who, don't, who shouldn't take too long. But I also feel like the Coyotes aren't going to really want to rush him. If they are gonna keep him at center which definitely sounds like i do kind of wonder do you wait until he's ready to play like in in a top two role do you put him as your third line center like what are your kind of thoughts on what his development is going to be like it's a very interesting question i would say from my perspective i think he's going to get at least one year in minnesota um depending on how that season goes for those guys next year if it's something where, you know, their season ends early for, for some reason, um, 
I think there's a possibility that he could, you know, maybe join up with the Coyotes for, you know, the last few games of the season or maybe even head to to the AHL and kind of develop a little there. That being said, it would not be the least surprising to see him go back for his second season um, and then perhaps make the jump there. So I think you're one season at least more than likely two before you see him in Arizona. I mean, that definitely fits with the rebuild. And I don't think the Coyotes want anyone with too much potential on the team next year. I, I'm honestly, I, I see some lines with Dylan Gunther and I'm like, I'm not sure he is going to be with the Coyotes for the full season. I don't think they want him in that locker room. That's fair. I mean, it's not no, no harm, no foul, giving him nine games to start, <laughs> but I definitely see yeah. where they'd be wanting to protect him for sure. Yeah, no, this this Coyotes team, I'm pretty sure Bill Armstrong just wants like the 2024 uh, Arizona Coyotes to have all their prospects emerge and then have like Austin Matthews somehow emerge as a new <laughs> signing. That's funny. I mean, honestly, like if you can have Cooley and Gunther make their debuts at the same time, like if they could develop a chemistry, that would be very, very good because – Gunther's definitely got that shot, Cooley, like setting him up. I, I know everyone wants to to pair him with Clayton Keller, but I, I could see them as maybe a little bit more of a protected line while Keller's out there like doing the tough minutes. I could see that definitely, especially moving forward. Like you guys said, you're, you, I think it's best, in my opinion, when you're a prospect that has that much talent to kind of throw them to the wolves. But then again, there's a reason why I do what I do and I'm not in an NHL front office. So um, I can definitely see where they, you know, kind of want to play him like that middle six role where he's only getting, you know, somewhere between like 12 to 16 minutes a night. He's not, you know, exposed right away to to all the tough situations. He could just be playing five on five and then maybe a little bit of the second power play unit. Um, I think that might be a good a good start for him when he eventually makes the NHL. But then again, only time will tell. Uh, that it all matters on what the coaching staff does because we've seen Coyotes coaching staffs in the past just to throw some certain players to the wolves and it it's <laughs> uh, not uh, fun my favorite is the Wayne Gretzky era where it was basically like just go out there and do that I would do it's like yeah not everyone's Wayne Gretzky <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> uh no I kind of want to talk to you about the United States National Development Program more in general because it's something that we talk a lot about. There does seem to be, like, the past couple of years, a lot more players emerging from it. You mentioned that they, you know, focus on those two-way players and developing, like, a full, complete game. Is there something else that they're doing right now that that's leading to this kind of success? Absolutely. They put a lot of time, a lot of money and a lot of resources into bringing in the absolute top notch coaching staff, you know, nutritionist, all, all the type of things that you see NHL teams kind of striving towards doing now to give their players, you know, every single chance and opportunity to kind of be the best that they can be. And you see that a lot with the development team as well. Um, they have a beautiful facility there in Plymouth. They spend, like I said, a lot of time, you know, in the film room, in the weight room, all that kind of stuff. And just the way that their mindset is, I guess, towards developing prospects, they like to bring people in and they like to kind of coach them in a certain way where they're not, like I said, they're not one dimensional. They can do everything. And like you see it a lot, like in 2019, especially when they had, I think, what was it, four or five players go in the first round easy. Um, and then you saw it again this year. 
they just know how to develop talent. And that just, it's a true testament to, you know, all the time and money and effort that they put into kind of building their, their facilities around that. And it's starting to pay off. Who is your, uh, so far and out of the set, you know, in, in just let's say the last few years, you've been your favorite, pro, um, favorite prospect to come out of the uh, NTTB, TDP, whatever, if I can get it right. <laughs> <laughs> there is time where I can't even spell it, let alone pronounce it. So don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is the problem. Uh, great program, horrible, horrible initialism. Acronym. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of favorite prospects, it's it's hard to argue against somebody like Jack Hughes. Um, but then again, I, I'd have to put Logan Cooley right up there as well, and another one this year, um, Cutter Goche. I mean, he was selected fifth overall by the Coyotes, and I don't think they're going to be upset with that pick. He he's also kind of cut in the same mold. Not to make a pun on his name, but as Cooley, where you know, there's there are those players that can do it all. Um, Cutter's a little bit more of a power forward, um, as opposed to you know Cooley with uh, speed, skill, and finesse. But I think both are going to have exceptional careers at the next level, and it's it's it just eh, sorry, it's a true testament to you know how they've been developing and you know their time at the uh, NTDP. Absolutely love to hear it. I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, two recent two recent guys because I just see that they're they're really focusing, you know, they're really developing a lot more and getting better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at you know previous years too. I mean, you go back to you know Austin Matthews and uh, Clayton Keller, for example. All those players they kind of you know went through the, the whole system, um, and you just look at them shining in the NHL now, and it's it's just it's so nice to see all these players, especially from from the States coming up and just dominating. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we definitely enjoy that. Um, one of our guests uh, earlier this week actually brought up the fact that the first time that Clayton Keller played at Gila River Arena, he was with uh, the national development team uh, playing in a, it was a, I'm not, I wouldn't call, or I guess it was an exhibition game against Arizona State University as they were making the jump to NCAA. And mm. uh, I, I just, I, I love those stories because it seemed like for the longest time, like American players, you know, they weren't being developed properly. We, we weren't seeing too many of them go early. Um, and that's just, you know, it's nice to see that change over the past couple of years. Absolutely. And I mean, you look back at, you know, kind of like the Patrick Kane era of U, uh, U.S. players where, you know, they'd be going off to the OHL or, you know, WHL if they're from like the West Coast or whatnot. Now that they kind of have that program in place where it's it's a bigger draw to them because you're going to go there, you're going to be taught how to play the game uh, in, in, in a way that's going to make you successful at the next level. Um, and not only to mention that, but I mean, the amount of, you know, NCAA opportunities that those players are getting. They have scouts at every game. They're they're being taken on, you know, recruiting visits and whatnot. It's a secondary option for school as well. I mean, obviously, not every single player that you know goes to the development team program is going to end up in the NHL making millions of dollars. So they have that education to fall on as well, and it's it's all basically built from that program. So it's nice, like you guys said, that they have that that uh, that program in place to kind of help them develop as not only as hockey players but as humans as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, Paul, is there anything else that you like that um, you'd like to uh, share with the Locked On Coyotes listeners before we get ready to close things off? 
Um, make sure you guys save up some money to get some of those Kachina jerseys because once Cooley hits the NHL, those things are going to fly off the shelf. And hopefully I can get my hands on one. <laughs> That's great. Oh, we'll, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll definitely find, find a way to, uh, to get that done. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, and we usually spend the last couple of minutes like, just leaving an open mic to you and just turning to telling everyone where they can find you and how to follow you. Awesome. Yeah. So Carl, Robin, thanks so much guys for having me on. It was a blast. Um, anytime you guys want to talk prospects, I'm more than willing to join. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you guys want to look up some of my work, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Paul Zook underscore 81. That's where I post, uh, pretty much everything I do. So if you guys are interested, feel free to take a look and send a follow. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, thanks again for coming on. We really, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's going to be it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, and subscribe if you have yet to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including our channel on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coyotes, on Instagram at Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That's Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock F-F-H. Interact with us. Ask a question you might have. We might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.